I have come to realize, guys, that when God asks us to do something, and it's going to come up in the sermon this morning. It's taken me a long time to figure this out in my Christian life. When God asks us to do something, um, it's to bless us. It's to bless us. If he tells us not to do something, it's because he knows it'll do us harm. Just as a parent tells a child, don't put your hand on the eye of the stove, he knows it's going to hurt us. So when he tells us not to do something, it's to protect us. And when he tells us to do something, it's because he knows it'll bless us. And he asks us to be generous with our tithes and offerings because he knows we need to do that. Now, we've been in a series on figures, characters in the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament. We've looked at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, Moses, and then a couple weeks ago, last week I was in the 1050 service, but Moses brings the children up to the edge of the promised land, and God asks Joshua to lead them in. So I'm going to look at Joshua this morning, and as I was looking at these opening verses in chapter 1 of Joshua, one phrase jumped out over and over again. And that phrase is, be strong and of good courage, or be strong and courageous. And I, wonder, I wondered why this phrase was such an important phrase in these opening nine verses. And I kind of looked at the context of each time the Lord tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage. And each time he asks him or he, he instructs him to do that, there's a reason why. And there is a, a, a motivation, a possibility that enables jo Joshua to do it. So Joshua 1, 1 through 9 says this, and particularly look at these three passages uh, where be strong and of good courage comes out. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and the, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Here it is. Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Here it is again, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success." I have, have I not commanded you? Here it is again. Be strong and of good courage. Be not frightened, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Does that kind of stand out? God is emphasizing, here is Joshua getting ready to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And three times, God has to tell Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Why? How? And what's the result? Let's bow together. Father, as we come to look at these opening verses of the book of Joshua and the, the courage and the strength that this young man 
represented taking over after Moses and leading the children into the promised land. You were with him. And you're with us. And so help us learn the lessons that you taught Joshua and apply them to our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You remember a couple weeks ago, we were looking at Moses and the Lord did not let Moses enter the promised land. Excuse me, excuse me. Thank you. The Lord did not let Moses enter the promised land because Moses was disobedient. Um, the children of Israel needed water. God told Moses to take his rod and speak to the rock and water would come forth, and Moses disobeyed. He took his rod, and he used his rod to beat the rock twice, and he spoke to the people, and water still came forth. But because he was not obedient to the word of the Lord and took credit for, him, credit for that miracle himself, his pride, I think, resulted in, in his disobedience and God saying, Moses, because you did not obey me, you shall not have the privilege of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. I mean, that's pretty harsh punishment. Moses had been leading the children of Israel for about 38 years at this point. Two years left. They get right to the brink of the promised land. I mean, that's like running a marathon and falling down five feet from the finish line. You know, you just get right to the very end of, of the task. And God says, you are going to die before the children of Israel enter the promised land, cross the Jordan River, and the land of Moab is east of the Jordan River, and that's where Moses died and is buried. And the transitions to Joshua, God's selection to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Three times, God tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage. Be very strong and courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Why? Why is that necessary? Well, Moses is dead, and Joshua's going to have to fill his shoes, and those are big shoes to fill, let's face it. Moses had led the children of Israel. I mean, he, he heard the voice of God in a burning bush. He threw his rod down before Pharaoh, and it turned into a serpent. He picked it up by its tail, and it turned back in, into a rod. And I started thinking about that this week. How many of you would even pick a snake up by its tail? I mean, that's where you're taught not to pick it up because what happens? That serpent will, will turn around. And if, if God asked me to pick a serpent up by the tail, I'd say, God, this isn't that kind of church. First, <laughs> I mean, that would take astronomical faith for, for uh, Moses to be able to do that. And, and, uh, and then the children of Israel, they're in the wilderness and they are murmuring and they are complaining and they are whining. And Joshua is watching uh, God and Moses interact and how Moses leads these children through all the hardships, through all the obstacles, and overcomes so much. But Joshua becomes the leader, and it's a, it's a tough people to lead, let's face it. I mean, they're, they're complaining so much that they're beginning to imagine that they had it better in slavery in Egypt. You've got to be kidding. I know it's been a few years since you've been there, but guys, it was not that good. <laughs> Slavery was not good. You were basically making bricks for Pharaoh and dragging them to make these monuments that would last thousands of years. And when you complained to him, he just made you make more bricks. And so now they're complaining in the wilderness. Oh, why did you lead us out here? We had it so good back in Egypt. Yeah, right. So Joshua becomes the leader of this kind of people. 
And we need, at this point, God knows that Joshua's going to need strength and courage. And so he tells him three times, Joshua, there's a land to be claimed. Everywhere your foot will tread will be your land. Uh, the sole of your feet will be your land, and, and I will be with you. How's Joshua going to trust in God? Well, the same way Moses did, because whomever God chooses, he equips, doesn't he? Whomever he chooses, he equips. If God calls you to do something, don't sit there and say, God, I can't do it. I don't have those gifts. I don't have those talents. That's why he chose you, because he's going to empower you. He's going to equip you, and he's going to be the source of the gift to enable you to do what he calls you to do. And that's what he's telling Joshua. Joshua, I'm calling you. You're going to replace Moses. I know those are big shoes, but it's going to be okay because I'm going to be with you. How in the world is Joshua going to be courageous in the face of such um, a daunting task? I mean, the children of Israel, they are basically nomads. They, they live in tents. They have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years they aren't soldiers. They don't have weapons of war. And God's going to call them to go into the promised land to, and, and the inhabitants there are there to, to destroy them and drive them out to possess the land. How in the world are they going to be able to accomplish that? It reminds me of a story that Adrian Rogers told about a man who came into a group of people bragging about cutting off the tail of a lion with a pocket knife. He was bragging about cutting off the tail of a lion with a pocket knife. And somebody said, you cut off the tail of a lion with a pocket knife, why didn't you cut off his head? And the man said, somebody had already done that. So it doesn't take a whole lot of courage to do something if the danger has already been removed. And what God is telling Joshua is be strong and of good courage because the danger that you will face in going into the promised land will be removed because I will be with you, I will go before you. And these people who are basically just nomads, gypsies basically, wandering in the wilderness, carrying their tents with them, you'll be surprised how great warriors they will become. It's much like David facing Goliath. You know, he was a shepherd boy. He had, he had some ability with a sling and a stone, but basically it was God that defeated Goliath that day not David. And it's going to be the same way with Joshua and the children of Israel. We need to be strong. We need to be of courage when God tells us to do something. So how was Joshua able to be strong and of good courage? First of all, let's look at verse 6, the first one. Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. How can you be strong and of good courage? Because first of all, you have God's promise. You have God's promise with you that, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I noticed the wording here, it really struck me, which I swore to their fathers to give them. God didn't make a promise just to Joshua. He didn't make just a promise to, to Moses. He didn't just make a promise to Joshua or Moses' fathers. He made a promise to the fathers of all the children of Israel. All their fathers. Now, it doesn't really matter how many people God makes a promise to. If it's one person or a million people, God's going to be true to it. He's going to honor it. 
And you can count on the fact that, that promise is going to come to pass. But here he says, be strong and of good courage. Why? Because these people will inherit the land which I swore, which I promised to their fathers to give them. What Joshua has to do is just remember the promises of God. You say you don't know what the promises of God are. Well, you need to spend some time in God's word because everything that he has said he will do in his word, he will do. And you can stand on that. You know, so many times we have people sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. And what we need to do is stand on God's promises that he will do what he says he will do if he tells you, if he tells your fathers, if he tells your cousins, if he tells your grandfathers. Whatever he said he will do, you can be sure he will do. You don't have to be afraid. I, I heard a story of a mother tucking her little son into bed one night, and it, it was the summertime, and the windows were open, and there was a thunderstorm going on outside. And uh, the little boy was a little, a little afraid with all that was going on outside, and he said, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? And the mother said, Son, I can't. I have to sleep with Daddy. And the little boy was quiet for a minute, then he said, What a big sissy. We can, be, we can be brave because we have God's promises and whatever he tells us, we can bank on because I've never known a single promise that God ever made that did not come true. The second thing, and if I, if I could do this outline over again, I would do it. Verse seven, be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from the right hand or from the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And then it goes on because it's following on the same purpose. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. The second way that Joshua can be strong and of good courage is because of God's requirement. God's requirement is that you obey and meditate on the books of the law. If I could do this outline over again, I would change requirement to blessing. Because I, like I said at the outset, when God asks us to do something, it's because he knows there's a blessing in store. If he tells us not to do something, it's to protect us. If he tells us to do something, it's to bless us. Uh, in the Old Testament, whenever God cut a covenant, whenever he made a covenant with Abraham, he said, these are, the, these are the terms, Abraham. I'm not just going to do this to you with a blank check. <clears throat> but if you will obey my word and, and obey my commandment, I will bless you. And God went on to say, if you do not obey my word, I will curse you. Now, you know, you might think, well, how's God going to curse us? You know, sometimes, and I believe this is in Romans too, the book of Romans, sin sometimes carries its own punishment. God doesn't have to strike you with a lightning bolt to punish you when you disobey him, when you disobey his commandments. If you disobey a commandment, you're basically punishing yourself. You're going to bring whatever results of that sin are in your own life. And so God doesn't have to, you know, unilaterally hurt you for doing wrong, because when you do wrong, you're going to suffer. But God requires here, he says, be strong and courageous and do what I tell you to do, Joshua. Don't do what Moses did. 
because Moses disobeyed me. Pride got in the way, and because of that, I had to remove him because who, who knows what would have happened if Moses tried to lead the children of Israel in the promised land. He probably would have changed God's commandments around a little bit and, and, and taken more credit for the victories and, uh, and just messed up everything. So God said, I had to take Moses out of the way, Joshua, and put you there. So learn from the mistakes of Moses. Obey my commandments. Be careful to do all that the word of the Lord tells you to do. Don't veer from it to the right or to the left. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day or night. We are never to take God's commandments lightly because when God tells us to do something, there's a reason behind it. It's not arbitrary. God doesn't say, I think uh, today I'll, I'll ask him to do this or I'll tell him not to do that. No, when God tells us not to do something, there's a reason because he loves us. When God tells us, when he commands us to do something, there's a reason because he loves us. And so these words of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on them day and night that you may be careful to do all that is according to what is written in it. For what? Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. If you do what God tells you to do, you'll have success. If you do what God tells you to do, you'll be prosperous, not just financially, but in every way. Because God knows the right path for you. He loves you. He created you. And he's going to provide for you. <clears throat> and all you have to do is just stay in the middle of his will, veer not to the right or to the left. But when you do that, he, he will make your way plain and you will be prosperous and he will bless you and you will have success. What God requires is for a reason. And that reason is to bring a blessing. And you might not see it, and it might not make sense, but you just got to hang in there, and you've got to persevere, and you've got to just to keep, keep working toward the Lord and obeying Him and believing Him and trusting Him. Joshua, God had been preparing Joshua for this venture for 40 years. You remember at the beginning of the 40-year wandering in the wilderness? He went to the promised land, and he and, and Caleb were the only two who brought back a favorable report. And the other ten said, you know, we can't take the land. There are giants that live there. And God said, because you did not believe me, the ten that brought back a negative report and all those with you shall die in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb will be the two who will go in. So Joshua was with Moses for the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness. And he saw how God provided. He saw the relationship between Moses and God. He saw all that transpired, and he was just learning. He was being discipled. He was growing. And when God gave the reins, the responsibility over to him to lead the children in, he was ready. It takes time, but you got to persevere. I read a story from baseball. Ralph Houck was manager of the New York Yankees. Wow, 75 years ago, I think. And back in the early 20th century, baseball schedules were a lot more grueling than they are today. They'd have doubleheaders almost every week. And the players would become weary. And sometimes a player would actually come up to the, the coach and say, Coach, I'm just, I'm beat. My, my body's worn out. I'm tired. Let me sit out this game. And Hauk would say, okay, I understand. You're tired. And I don't mind you sitting out a game, but just do me a favor. 
You're already in the starting lineup, so if you'll do me a favor and just play one inning, I'll take you out after that. And you know what happened? After they played one inning, they got into the spirit of the game, and they didn't want to come out anymore because they had begun. They had started. And that's what God wants us to do. You, you're already well into this game. The innings are, are beginning to pile up. And you want to, you know, you're getting tired of the grind and you just want to throw in the towel and, and give up and give in. But God will bless faithfulness. Faithfulness will result in fruitfulness. And so persevere and hang in there and meditate on God's word because it's not just an arbitrary requirement. God wants to use that to bless you. The final thing I want you to see here, it reverberates throughout the Bible. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Why? Be not frightened, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the third reason that you can be strong and of good courage because God is always with you. It reminds me of the, great, the end of the Great Commission. And lo, I'm with you always. What? Even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. And here it is in the Old Testament. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How is Joshua to do this? This band of nomads wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. No weapons. Didn't know how to use a weapon even if they had one. You know, come to think of it, when they go into the promised land, it's not really battles that, that uh, occupy the promised land. They just got to march around cities and blow trumpets and break bases, isn't it? That's about all they have. They don't have really any weapons. They wouldn't know how to use them if they did. Because the battle is the Lord's. And the Lord would be with them wherever you go. Joshua can lead because he's seen how God was with Moses. And every step that Moses took, they had the pillar of fire by night and the, the cloud by day, and they had the assurance that God was with them, and Joshua saw that. And, and the Lord said here, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a, that's a promise you can stand on. So I don't know what promised land, I don't know what victory God has, has laid out before you. I don't know what God has in store for you, but I do know that Satan's going to throw some obstacles in that path to keep you from occupying it, to keep you from possessing it and having it fully. How do you approach those obstacles that Satan's going to put in your path to keep you from doing what God's will is for your life? The same three things that he has given us here. Remember what his promises are to you. And what his promises are, he'll be true to fulfill. Remember what his requirements are. And if you obey them, he will bless you. Because that's the, that's the way blessings come about. And thirdly, and I think most importantly, just remember that God's with you. And his presence will never leave you. He'll be with you always, even into the close of the age. Those are promises that you can stand on. And whatever God's calling you to do, if you will... Remember his promise, remember his commandments, remember his presence. You'll be able to do it, just as Joshua did, leading the children of Israel into the promised land. It wasn't easy, but God was with him, 
And over and over again, he said, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Here's why. I promised it. I'm giving you commandments to follow to protect you along the way. And I'll be with you. And he'll be with you too. Let's bow together. Father, I don't know what folks here within the sound of my voice may be facing what Jordan River is lying before them and what promised land is on the other side. But I know it's your desire for us to have success and prosper just as it was for Joshua and the children of Israel. And that, <clears throat> that might not necessarily mean lots of money and lots of things because your definition of success and prosperity is a lot different from the world's. And I know that, that you desire to bless us to provide for us. And if we'll just claim those promises and obey your commandments and remember your presence with us, whatever lies out there, whatever difficulties, you'll help us. And that's all that matters. So help us learn from Joshua. Help us internalize these lessons and the things that enable Joshua to be strong and of good courage will help us too. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.